want another song? Yeah. How about a brand new song? Yeah. From the next album? Yeah. All right. Here we go. New song, number two. Hey everyone, Tom here, Alf Metallica, back with yet another episode of the show. As always, follow us at MetallicaPod, get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. You may have noticed that I just released a little mini episode on the channel. I've started another new podcast. Not only as am I obsessed with battle rap and insulting Kirk's lead playing, I'm also hugely into wordplay and, and puns, and I've started my own competitive pun game show called Pun It. I'll put a link down below, and uh, you know, I'm not trying to intro every episode by shoehorning this in, but yeah, if this is something that, uh, that sparks your interest, definitely check that out. In terms of Alpha Talica, Patreon is there. Uh, we put all the episodes on there first as an RSS feed. One of the things that I've been doing is these compilation episodes. So at the moment, the Death Magnetic one is all done and ready on the Patreon for you to listen to. I've gone through the whole album, gone through all of our episodes, scooped out all the critical goodness, and just compiled it with a few clips in between. Um, you know, definitely go check that out. There's a Ride the Lightning one already on the channel. Uh, what else is that? iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the other things that are available. And yeah, today we are discussing a song that... I'm sure you've probably not heard of. I'm sure you saw it in your little podcast queue this morning and were baffled. I know a lot of people out there are aware of this song, uh, Vulturus, a.k.a. the other new song. I'm going to be grabbing into that today. And today I'm joined by someone I had on the show before, back on episode 106, a fellow Metallica podcaster. Stephen, how's it going? I'm doing well, Tom. How are you? I'm, I'm good. And you brought this idea to me. If I'm honest with you, I've always always known of this song. Like, I remember at the time being a fan and like, oh my God, Metallica are debuting new material. Um, but I wasn't really going to cover this just by the virtue of it not being on a studio record. But this was something that you felt was deserving of an episode, right? I did. I did. You know, um, ahead of Death Magnetic, they played those two songs, the new song and the other new song. Mm-hmm. And I really last on to the song and i really really love it if i have to say it's probably a top uh 20 or 30 metallica song for me okay that's that, that, i didn't expect that i mean i like it as well actually and people seem to be a bit ambivalent on it but i'm quite positive but top 20 top 30 that's uh that's a bold move sir yeah yeah it, there's something that really that really resonates with with it for me uh and i, I will get into it in the song structure and everything but mm-hmm. it's just such a scrappy lovable song uh, I was super, super bummed when it didn't, you know, materialize as anything. Yeah, so you mentioned there were these new songs. So there was the new song and the other new song. I think the the new song was also known as Death Is Not The End. And that yes. kind of became End Of The Line and All Nightmare Long. And this is the um, Escape From The Studio 2006 tour where they're previewing these tracks. And there was this other song called, the other new song called Vulturus. And um, 
You know, one of the main sources, I think they played this four times, one of the main sources I've been going to and listening to, there's actually footage of them playing this uh, in South Korea when they were there with Tool, and they played it as, like, basically the penultimate song, so the first song of the final encore, and then they close the scene Destroy. And James actually says, and there's a really nice moment at the start when James points out a sign that someone's got in the audience of uh, uh, in memoriam of Cliff Burton, because it was, like, the 20th anniversary of Master of Puppets, and they sort of, you know, they have, like, um, up until 86, 66 to 86. And uh, James says himself, this is on the new record. So, what do you reckon the choices were that it didn't make it to Death Magnetic? Because whilst the first new song obviously became End of the Line and All Might May Long, Vulturis feels very killable, feels very misfits. It doesn't feel Death Magnetic at all. 100%. And that's, that's kind of why I wonder, or where, where I wonder it fell off. If it yeah. was something that thematically it didn't quite fit, or if it just didn't feel quite done enough, because it feels still very rough in these, these live versions. So... Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you the same thing. I wonder why it why it fell off. I just can't imagine it kind of sandwiched in between a cyanide or a broken beaten scarred or whatever. I mean, for one, it's very straightforward as a track. It, it, you know, there was all this talk in the media that Death Magnetic is Metallica going back to their roots. But this is really going back. Like, this is going back to, like, the stone. You know what I mean? Like, to me, the, the opening riff as you get into it, it feels very Hit the Lights-esque with that pedal point nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very kill them all. But even like a little bit of my apocalypse, or like you said, misfitsy or motorheady. Sure, it has that vibe. I could see it as an album opener or closer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, kind of run and gun, smash and grab kind of idea. And uh, again, I do really dig this track. I mean, the song itself kind of kicks in with a two-pronged attack. You have James riffing underneath. You have Kirk's wah, which quite works. It does some good stuff over the chugging breakneck type brace that that plows forward. And um, to me, I agree with what you're saying. The song does feel unfinished. Part of that on incomplete nature is you know we all know james's riff tapes where na 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 you know he doesn't have lyrics and here the chorus is whoa and yeah <laughs> yeah do you feel like those are finished or those are placeholders really? they feel very I, I take it as a placeholder but then i tried to listen to a few different clips of the other times they played it live and it's exactly the same structure and mm-hmm. setup like mm-hmm. it is to a T, the woes are the same. Yeah, yeah. I, t- to be honest, maybe they are a place. Probably not, though. And I think they work because the chords underneath them and the melody works. Like The more I listen to this song, the more anthemic that gets for me, you know? It's super catchy. I sing it all the time in the car. Uh, it's something about it just just is, is incredible. There, it's a, The song as a whole is very self-indulgent. Mm. And I think I like that about it. The vocals, Lars's drum fills uh are like super verbose and and over the top like it feels like a song that was written in in 20 minutes and i really like that about it because there's a lot of you know we know metallica can do like an eight minute epic they're so meticulous and detailed in their songwriting that it's nice to hear them just throw something out that feels very you know raw Mm -hmm. throwback kind of 80s thrash yeah it feels very garagey and you know death magnetic is such a complex record with so many time changes and conjunctive modes and kind of little connective phrases and this isn't that you know this is pretty buck wild um another reason it reminds me of kill em all is because of kirk's solo breaks throughout the track you know not really much intelligence there in the note choice but but they work on the passion um i think it, it leaks through you know there's enough piss and vinegar throughout the track to to keep it afloat and um the the lyrics vulturous it's called 
And it's interesting. I don't know if you're aware, Metallica actually sell Volturus merch on their website. They do. They have like that insignia, yeah. that mark, right? Which makes me think yeah. that this is a bit more of a songy song. You know what I mean? It wasn't an afterthought. Maybe they had something in place. But yeah, for $300, you can get this, I mean, slightly douchey ring, to be fair. It's basically a vulture skull on a kind of feather, steely uh, signet there. But um, yeah, 100% sterling, apparently. Oh, quality. Quality yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people rock that in the snake pit. And, you know, it's it's another thing. It's another little bit of merch for them to sell. But um, the track itself, the lyrics, are you, what do you read into Volturus? Uh, yeah, it's it's a weirdly kind of dark song. He talks about, you know, vultures picking at the bone until you're prey. And I really get this vibe of um, like, like running from something. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very thematically like about staying alive, about perpetual motion and not falling and dying and letting yourself become picked up vultures uh it's i know thematically he has done vulture stuff a few times like i know moth into flame he talks about yes the vultures yeah. feast you still and stuff so it seems to be something that he likes quite a bit and he finally wrote a song that was just about kind of this metaphor of of, of vultures and being prey mm-hmm. and uh, i really like the melody the vulture down is here to stay and the way the chords sort of crunch down dun, 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 dun. like the verses are quite anonymous really in terms of their melody but but the chorus is really effective so it's vulture is down to stay pick the bone until you're clean i like bone to bone and in between even pick the bone until you're clean and james's voice is quite high as well it is quite catchy i mean Look, guys, if there is a Garage Inc. 2 or whatever, or if there is some ultimate end of days box set, like, I hope we get a studio version of this track. Like, it's pretty effective. That's all I've ever wanted is, like, a studio-produced track of this and to hear what it sounds like like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The structure of the song as well, like, it does, it opens with the woes, it has, like, a little Kirk solo lead, and then it's verse and kind of a pre-chorus, and then it goes back to the solo lead, back to a verse and then the pre-chorus and it finally gets into like the Vulturus chorus. I love that structure of kind of teasing along the chorus. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people were confused. You know, I've been on a few Reddit threads and stuff and people think it's just not Metallica, whatever that means. But I think we can all be in agreement that when it gets into that that real beat down of a riff, probably the most addictive moment of the song. Like that, that is Metallica through and through. It reminds me a little bit of the, the burn riff from Moth. You know what I mean? It's just got a real, oh. real swagger and authority to it. Yeah, yeah, I can certainly hear that, for sure. Mm. And what do you make of that riff? I, I like it a lot. I think, kind of what to you're saying, it, it, it plays into the vocals and the structure of the song really well. It's not super memorable when I hum this song or, yeah, I know or you think mean. of it. I, I think of the woes, I think of the drum fills, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the vulturous chorus line itself. Um, the, the riff gets a little lost, but it, it certainly serves its purpose. Yeah, it's there. It's there as an anchor. And, you know, it's a four and a half minute song and it switches it up a little bit. There isn't really a kind of closing movement. There's kind of a, you know, false ending and they kick back into it. And James is bulking, uh, barking Vulturus over the top of it. And, you know, maybe it needs a bit of work. Maybe it needs a bit of tinkering. Obviously, it doesn't fit into that milieu of Death Magnetic and certainly not Hardwired or elsewhere. But I just like the fact that the guys were confident in this song and they wanted to get the fans something and you know it, it, it delivered it wasn't some half-formed little track that ended or squibbed out like this this is a song through and through yeah absolutely and what a good live song too right if you, if yeah. you imagine this making onto an album and people knowing it like just hearing you know twenty thousand people singing those woes along with 
with James would be incredible. Yeah, it's a real shot in the arm. And it makes sense that they would have put it on this South Korea show right towards the end. It's like a sort of, you know, last caress, that sort of thing. You can just throw it into the set, get really people uh, up and alert. And this song was spoken about in the press as well. So um, Rob was interviewed for Sweden's Close-Up magazine, uh, where he spoke about the song at length. Um, So he basically said, um, he was asked if this song would be on Death Magnetic. This was July 2007 he was asked this. He said, quote, well, I don't think so. And the reason is we didn't record it. We call the song we played the other night Vulturous. I don't know if that's going to be the official title of the song in the future. We enjoy playing that song. It's kind of a misfitsy kind of jam. We've been rehearsing it in San Francisco and having a lot of fun playing it. I don't think we played it so well the other night. It was horrible, actually. It was really bad. I'm not sure quite what concert he's referring to. Uh, we played it last last year in Japan a couple of times. It went over really well. I think this is the last time we played it. We haven't played it since we rehearsed in San Francisco, so it had been a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden it's like, let's play this song and like wait how does it go Volturis exists kind of as a live song because we've already played it the other song that we used to do was a bit of an experiment we thought it would sound good live and we had fun playing it live we thought it was a little long but we thought there were some great parts he's, he's talking about the other song now that became uh, end of the line and um all nightmare long but um yeah so obviously one of them became part of death magnetic and Volturis is this you know it's kind of the hipster metallica track that some people probably don't know you know yeah, and I do think it's really telling that it didn't even make it to Beyond Magnetic. Like, they didn't record it at all. Yeah. You know? Not even just... I mean, they're always in that... Stu- Could Fiddleman not set aside a little bit of time? Like, come on. And it's one of those you don't need to uh, take a hundred takes at, you know? Just record it once or twice and, yeah. and cut the best one. Yeah, yeah. I don't really understand why it hasn't made it there. But, um, you know, again, guys, go check this song out because you know most people don't know about this track like tellingly when i go onto at metallica pod and ask people you know their reviews in the songs like we're building it for the sanitarium episode and getting tons of comments on that obviously um there wasn't really many on this we've got three comments at metallica pod is always reaching out for your feedback on these songs such as Volturis. nick says nice and short something we don't get enough of from the boys i love the misfits vibe to it it does feel underdeveloped though john bradshaw says awesome they should write more songs in this style and um finally master um Master of Pun says, I actually like the song. It feels very punky. It feels a bit like an Offspring song than a Metallica song. I would have been interested to see this and Death Is Not The End on the record. So obviously Death Is Not The End, we kind of get on the record anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, any any more thoughts on uh, Volturis, Stephen? Uh, you know, I would say if you like the song as much as I do, just go do what I did when in like 2008, 2009. Just go on YouTube, rip an MP3 file of it and put it on your phone yeah. so you can listen to whatever you want. Because uh, I think it's worthy of it. It's uh, it's it is kind of an undercut. It is kind of like a, a hipstery uh, pick, but it's it's certainly quality stuff. I rank it up there with any, uh, you know, the the Kill 'Em All or um bash and thrash mm-hmm, metallica mm-hmm. yeah yeah if it was just in the sort of kill em all playlist or an early days thrash playlist then it just fits there like you can it almost it's, it's maybe a little too polished for like metal massacre or something like that but it would work in that lineage and um you know this is uh again the south korea soul performance uh which was uh august 15th 2006 that's the one that i've constantly been referring to and it's a really good performance like clearly the boys like playing the song yeah, they do. And you know what? They all have their shirts off. They're looking great. They do. They, yeah, uh, yeah, James looks really, like, ripped. Like, it made me realize that, fuck, this is, like, 13 years ago, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does make you realize how long ago it was. Yeah. Uh, they look great. They sound great, too, yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. And, um, yeah, so that's uh, Volturis, guys. And, you know, Stephen, of course, you're a Metallica podcaster like myself. How, how's the show going? What have been some recent episodes? Uh, yeah, it's going really well. Uh, we've... We had a little bit of a lull, I think, in the first quarter of uh, 2019, but we're picking up again. We're going through our revisit of their entire discography. So we just did the Black Album. Uh, Remy and I just saw SNM 2 finally last mm. week, so we'll be recording that 
next week. Really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, wasn't it I, fantastic? It really, really was. They did some really cool. The Anesthesia track was incredible. Um, and I appreciated all the extra kind of like symphony highlight stuff they did. Um, it was incredibly well done. I, I really appreciated it. Yeah, there were so many cool little moments that they captured, such as James's moment with one of the symphony guys where they fist bump. And uh, there's a cut as well that I loved where Kurt kicks into the moth solo. And you can see James mouthing the opening notes to the solo. He's just lost in the <laughs> moment. And he's like singing the actual uh, lead playing, which I love. And uh, the little documentary at the start, the all over my hands stuff, that was really heartwarming. Yeah, I, I appreciated it. It was quite the preamble. It was like 15 or 20 minutes yeah. of, you know, footage before the concert. It was really cool. I liked the all within my hand stuff. And then even just a little bit of behind the scenes of like, okay, why are we returning to the well with SNM? It was, it was a good setup. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so maybe the, uh, the symphony takes weren't quite as definitive of Cayman, quite obviously. But still, I thought, you know, Day That Never Comes, which technically is the start of the concert in terms of original material, that was spellbinding. I think that was a real triumph. I was so happy. I love that song. Yeah. I was so happy that they did it. It fits so well. It kind of has that same structure as like one, mm. where, where it builds and then just takes off. And it, with the symphony, it worked incredibly well. Yeah, the the, the love is the four-letter word, where the symphony strokes are like, like the way they play with that very clever like you really like that it wasn't just backing it up on a kind of note by note level it was just putting accents in there and um yeah okay the snm thing and then i'm just looking at your thing now so you did um black album and a sort of year and a a half in the life kind of double episode right yeah that's one of my favorite just metallica like i call it a metallica artifact that documentary oh yeah absolutely incredible and and Remy hadn't seen it before so it was a really good uh really good episode yeah, we're, uh, I mean, as we're approaching the end of the original run here on the show, I'm thinking about future episodes, and quite cynically, I've gone through your back catalogue and Metallicast and Metal at Your Podcast, but oh, I haven't done an episode on that. No, I haven't covered that. I need to do that. So, uh, yeah, and top of the list, really, is Year and a Half in Life, and just sort of going through that scene by scene. I mean, it's such a sprawling gift, isn't it, to the fans? Like, it's a real insight. I can't think of really any other bands that would give such a giant documentary at the height of their stardom. Yeah, it's a really cool, I think, one-two punch with some kind of monster as well. Mm, of course, yeah. It's 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 a chaotic situation. They're fighting. I think three of them got divorced during the recording yeah. of the Black Album. Like, It's a very interesting time in their lives, and then they end up making the Black Album. And then some kind of monster, we all know what happened there. It's just a really interesting kind of dichotomy. Okay. And, uh, I mean, out of interest musically for you, anything you've been listening to recently? Any bands past or present? Um, yeah, uh, the new, are you familiar with Sturgill Simpson at all? Yo, I absolutely love Sturgill Simpson, and his new record is, uh, hit and miss for me. Um, it's a kind of the rock one, right? The kind of Shogun Samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that album, I, the more and more I listen to it, I fall I need to listen to it more, Uh, to be honest. Yeah, I've heard bits and bobs, but yeah. And you're right, it's not all winners. Uh, it's really out there, it's really ambitious. Sound and Fury, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when, when it's on... Uh, it's just such a gutsy, ballsy album. I absolutely love it. And yeah. so different for him. Yeah, I loved... I, I, I recently discovered that they're doing a... I think there's already a tie-in movie on Netflix, which I haven't seen yet, kind of some animated thing. But he's also doing a tie-in graphic novel um, with Jason Aaron. I don't know if you read any graphic novels or anything like that. Holy... Holy shit, yeah. Uh, Jason Aaron is from Kansas City, here where I live. Jason, uh, Jason Aaron is my favourite comic book writer. He's a god to me, like... He's incredible. Uh, Southern Bastard. Southern Bastard. Have you read Scalped? 
No. Oh, I'm you have to read Scout. If you like, Scout is his masterpiece. Basically, kind of the wire on a Native American uh, reservation. But yeah, he's he's for people. Listen, he's basically Marvel's boy now. Like he does like um, the Avengers and all, all the big sort of titles. I don't really care about superheroes to be honest with you. But his actual writing, writing Jason Aaron, he did, did something called The Other Side as well. His first piece, which kind of tells the story of the Vietnam War through American GI and um, you know someone in the Vietnamese Army. But um, yeah, apparently they're working together, Sturgill Simpson and Jason Aaron. So it's like, what the fuck? That's a dream. I am stoked to hear that. That's yeah. a that's a perfect pairing. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Sturgill Simpson, uh, Sailor's Guide to Earth is sublime, and the one he did before as well, Meta Modern Sounds in Country Music. Like, you know, I mean, most country music revolts me, but he's a true artist. Like, yeah, he's the real deal. He's got a good blend of kind of this very classical, like Western country outlaw, but also pushing the boundaries on what country is with like mm. psychedelic and. Um, you know, almost like the new album's almost got some deep purple and yeah, yeah, it's got some real, yeah, some real rocky rock, like yeah, some real sort of prog elements, but but like long guitar solos and long intros, and some of it didn't really feel earned to me, but but a lot of the songs I do really enjoy, and it's so so different, and you know, nice to hear him moving in those directions. So okay, Sturgill Simpson, yeah, great pick. I think he was on Joe Rogan recently. And I listened to it, and he was almost too high. It was a little disappointing. He was kind of <laughs> monosyllabic, like. But he's had some good episodes on the show before. But you know, it happens to the best of us, I guess. Yeah, can't blame the man. No, 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 exactly not. But uh, yeah, Sturgis Simpson there, and um, yeah, that, that's a great pick. And as always, guys, you know, go check out Stephen's show. Uh, we'll go check out our episode of Wolf and Man, which was like April, I think. So quite a while ago, like six months ago, which time flies, right? It really does. It feels like it was two months ago. It really does. It really, really does. But, um, you know, go check out that. Go check out Volturis, guys. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you maybe won't be aware. I would have put a clip at the start of the show just to give you an idea of what the song sounds like. But, but go seek it out. Um, follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Patreon is there. iTunes is there. Check out my Wordplay podcast as well. I'm going to shoehorn that in on it. Um, what do we have coming up next? I've recorded the next two episodes already. We're slightly ahead of schedule, so you can listen to them right now on Patreon. We've got Wasting My Hate coming up with Hans, which is the first guest ever from New Zealand. He was a great guest. And we did it again, the Swiss Beats collaboration with Metallica, which is with another Metallica podcast, Metallicast. And then we're doing our final Ramones cover... Really excited to get Philip Mataz back on the show from uh, Ramones of the Day. Uh, we did uh, Today You'll Love, Tomorrow the World, which is, I think, maybe the longest Alpha Talaga episode. Really, really fun episode. Then we got Sanitarium, When a Blind Man Cries, Where the Wild Things Are, Wherever I May Roam, and then the final three songs of the run, Whiplash, Whiskey in the Jar, and You Really Got Me. Uh, when Metallica are on um, All My Friends, I think it's called some Ray Davis cover album. But uh, yeah, guys, we've got about 10 episodes or so left. Um, subscribe, check us out, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Stephen, anything you'd like to promote finally? No, I would say uh, be a Patreon subscriber of Alpha Metallica if you're not already. Uh, I, I love getting the episodes, you know, kind of as they as they oh, as yeah. record them. I put them up pretty much instantly. Like, sometimes I have to edit a little thing. But if it's like this where it's just the whole conversation is great, I just plop it on there and yeah i mean this is actually coming out tomorrow so you're gonna get like a, a six seven hour head start <laughs> but you know a lot, a lot of them like i say have been on there a while but um no fact do you guys have a patreon or we don't know you know we haven't uh, we do it more as a honestly a, a hobby and a, yeah. a excuse for remy and i to connect on a regular basis yeah, and chat yeah, it yeah. up uh we've considered it we've we've dabbled with doing a few kind of you know patreon some kind of patreon um, set up, but we've just never done it. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's always it's always worthwhile um, if you've got the regular listeners. But but I appreciate that. So yeah, guys, as always, it's been Tom and Stephen. Thanks again. Thank you, sir.